This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and that Australia as a country has never come to terms with or addressed what happened. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 114 for Monday, 30th of December, 2019. I'm Jeremy Sierra, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is Denise, my wife. Hello. Hello, am I the final guest host for this year, for 2019? You are, we were thinking of ending it after Will, uh, but then we thought, no, no, it needs to be topped with, with a Denise. Exactly, topped and tailed, probably. Many things need to be to- Tonight we're going to talk about other things. <laughs> Such as, for example, the fact that the country is entirely on fire. So we're recording this on Monday. Uh, Gippsland has been evacuated. Uh, the Falls Festival down in Lawn has been shut down. Catastrophic uh, fire conditions have been declared in places in South Australia, in New South Wales, in Western Australia, in I'm Victoria, impre- in Queensland. Like pretty much every state that has a tree has a catastrophic fire condition. I'm impressed that, that, that New South Wales has still found something left to burn at this point. It's been on fire for months. <sighs> It's wild. And apparently there's a bunch of new fires that have popped up. Yeah. So essentially we're all screwed. And the Prime Minister came back from his holiday to Hawaii that he took off, he went off on after the fire started. And if you talk to any of your boomer relatives, they will be like, he's, he's a hardworking man and he deserves, he deserves a holiday. A third holiday for the year. Oh, we don't know about that one. We're just going to pretend that this is the only holiday he's had. He, he campaigned on family values, and he's spending time with his family. That's right. It's just like, what, what was his analogy? It was like a plumber taking an extra job on the Friday afternoon when he's promised something to his kids. Like, what? No, you're the Prime Minister, you buffoon. Yes. Like, he, you've had two holidays already this year. You could go with them at another time. Like, if you don't want the job of being Prime Minister. Like, and he's coming up, what was, he, what was his line about? Oh, I'm not going to hold a hose. Yeah, or be in the control room. It's like, no, so but you why are... did you campaign as if you were the leader of the nation then? If, you just, if your attitude is, I'm there to strictly pass legislation and talk with my party about which legislation we're going to pass, and that is it, that's my entire job. That is not how you campaign, Scummo. Well, the interesting thing is I saw a great meme that had two different pictures, and one was him at the press conference where he said, I'm not going to hold a hose or be in the control room, and another one was the close-up of the boat. That he personally his, stopped the boats. On, that's on his desk where it says, I stopped these. Which, again, has, has been established as this dumb meme of a thing that's, that he did, which, of course, the boats are still coming. And when, when you ask them, they do admit that Moses is still coming. But what they mean is I stopped them arriving here safely. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I, we we, stop, we stop them at sea uh, where they're in danger, and then we drag them back to sea where they're in danger, but we then we pretend we're doing it to protect them from drowning. Hmm. And if hmm. they're boats that arrive, if they're not from a certain very small cashman area, then they don't count. Yeah, no, that's right. So, so what was the, the thing that they had to still send at SMS? Like, sometimes when a boat arrives, it actually doesn't. Yeah, we don't count it because it's not from the area that we're counting. 
That's bonkers. Anyway, yes, no, he, t- he takes personal credit for that. But that flies in the face of every conservative idea about leadership anyway, doesn't it? Like, mm. they're the ones who are like, you know, the, the, the leader is... And, and ever since he got back, he's making every effort to try and portray himself that way. He's like out there with the, the fireys talking to the, the um, people who've been evacuated in the evacuation centres, mm. which the media aren't allowed to go to. Just his mates are allowed to go there. Critical media get told to piss off and get out of there. Like, no, no, you can't so just... So the just Guardian stress are told not to go? Other journos are too, like like the the shit house journos that, that they're normally on on side with. Like, yeah, no, oh, it's, really? it's just purely there as a propaganda outfit. Oh, it's, awesome! It's really weird. And then they're getting stuck into the project because the project found somebody who was from New Zealand who was like, he's not my prime minister. And then they're like, oh look, see, here's somebody tearing into the prime minister. And then all the conservatives are like, no, she just meant that she's from New Zealand. Mm. And it's, and you're misrepresenting it. Like like they couldn't have found plenty of people there who would have been more than happy to say, nah. I am Australian, and Scott Morrison is effing not my prime minister. The man who pissed off overseas, refuse, try to act like we don't need any support. Like he specifically fought doing anything to help the firefighters. They're like, he's like, what's their line? It's something along the lines of that they that they they would be offended about about. They're not doing it for the money. Oh yeah, no, they'd be offended. Yes. Um. No, no. I mean, well, that's cool. I'd like to not pay Scott Morrison. Which I is mean, interesting because all the opinion pieces that are going up from firefighters or the spouses of firefighters, etc., say, actually, no, we wouldn't be offended. Well, this is the thing. It's not like when it's convenient for the conservatives, they portray accepting money as like some kind of of, of gauche. Uh, it's it's no people don't shouldn't want money. Uh, so we don't we don't need cash. The only people who can afford to say that are people who already have plenty of money and are not at risk of you know being kicked out of their house if they don't pay the rent or the next electricity bill. Like, the, it's an incredible amount of privilege to be like, I don't need to be paid for this. Yeah, you know? no, it really is. As well, there's other issues. If you have people who live rurally, they often have other responsibilities because um, you, well, might, you, might, you might have a farm, you yeah. might have a small business that is then closed. Like, there's a variety of things that you can't get to if you're not there. And then you're... It's not like the bank goes, cool... No, we can waive this month's mortgage. It's not like like not like landlords are like, oh, you're up there fighting fires. Cool. Well, we'll waive this month's rent. Yeah. No. And also, it's not like Centrelink will say to people on Newstart who go and fight fires, that's all right. We'll waive your what we laughably call mutual obligation job search obligation things. So before we cut you off, like n- people who are on Newstart who go and fight these fires are at risk of coming back and finding that their Centrelink was cut off, and also they now have to apply fresh and wait. Well, however many weeks it takes to process it, and it's like up to about two months now. Because of course, one of the huge, one of the hugest things that this government changed. Because obviously, Labor didn't do anything about support about putting New Start up to subsistence either. New Start remains at a pathetically low level. But one thing that it took the genius of this criminally genius, low level, I would say. Oh, obscene! The idea that we and and the the idea that pe- people are unable to actually stay alive, um, you know, afford shelter and food, and have mm. to choose between them is bonkers. But at least Labor didn't come up with the idea. I'm pretty sure Labor. No, this is the genius of, the, of these evil bastards um, of making it so that when you apply for Centrelink, it's not backpaid, yeah. which means that you don't. It's bad enough if you're if it's, you're being backpaid because in the meantime, like while you're waiting to be paid, what do you live on? But at least it comes back. But now the government has a massive incentive to make those waiting times longer because now they don't backpay you, and so the longer they make the wait. The less they pay, the more well, the taxpayer saves. And interestingly, so we were having a conversation with someone where they were saying that they say applies as early as you can. So when she was let go from her work, she went to apply and they're like, oh, no, but you haven't received your last paycheck yet. And when you receive that last paycheck, any payout you get, which was about a week, yeah, so you have a to few apply days, after that. was it was after that would run out. So, 
Yeah, it's not so like Settling could be processing in the meantime. Yeah, no, exactly. no, 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 no. Our time that we don't have to pay you and you can start yeah. to death starts you can't then. Even, you can't even put the application in until that last paycheck goes out and that time period runs out. So if you if you were at a place that was on monthly pay, for example, and you were like, oh, at the beginning of the month and you didn't get paid till the end. It's insane. Anyway. It's very evil. But Sorry, I shouldn't so say what, insane. It's, it's diabolically evil. It's yeah. but the, uh, so what Morrison actually said is, while I know RFS volunteers don't seek payment for their service, I don't want to see volunteers or their families unable to pay bills or struggle financially as a so result this this of like the month- selfless contribution they're making. So hang on, the background of this is that a week ago he was like, they don't need any money. Mm. And then this week he's been publicly shamed into saying that he will pay them uh, up a cap of three, what, $6,000? Yes. Cap so of 20 days a day. work, he roughly, he figures it's about 20 days work. So uh, well, if they ten, do more than 10, 10 days, days, so yes, yeah, so if they have to volunteer for more than 10 days. Uh, but less than 20. Less than 20. And so it was originally targeted uh, at the RFS in New South Wales. Uh, Elbow came back and did the whole, well, that's kind of bullshit because this needs to be national, which is true. Um, especially if you consider all the people who have come over from other states to fight the fires in New South Wales and then go home and fight fires there too. They would already hit their their 10 days very easily. Um and they have then he's then come in and said oh no well it's available to the other other places too but they need to ask for it the other states just just need to ask for it rather than just making it they need to ask for the help rather than making it automatically available and again he's had to be shamed into it like he's now acting like no no we were always intending to do this bullshit if you believe that the other thing that he said is that this is only for small for self-employed smaller medium businesses that large businesses and i'm not sure how he's defining this are expected to give their employees 20 days emergency leave just like the public service does and if they don't yeah and a lot don't bad luck to the workers and yeah. and nothing nothing there to protect um, people on Newstart who fight the fires. Oh well, don't, just, oh. and what's even the rationale there? Like, wait, you think that, that people? You think that what somebody on Newstart? I don't understand the mindset. That's like we don't want to support people on Newstart because they're lazy bums, like the ones who are out there fighting fires. Mm. Like. What is there? In fact, there was a letter in the in the um. Oh, somebody grabbed it on Twitter. It was from from one of the tabloids, um, where where some bastards have written in and be like, oh, I, if you if you put all these people out there and then pay them, then they're not going to be doing it for the love of, of oh. people and property and saving those things. They'll be just doing it for the money. And then like, and then door bludgers will start doing it. Yeah, it's like isn't that what you people who hate people on New Start want Don't them to want do? Don't you to get a job? Aren't you, like, demanding... That, like, you're the pe- people who are like, no, no, they must be performing these menial make-work tasks that don't actually help them get a job, they don't actually do anything positive other than they punish them for being on New Start, which is mm-hmm. the whole purpose of them. I, it's pretty hard to find think of something more arduous than being out there for, you know, 24 hours fighting a bloody bushfire. And that's sort of... It, it just... It just shows that it's got nothing to do. They, they don't. There's nothing that they want people who are using... Relying on Social Security, even temporarily, they don't... They don't they just think they're bad people. They don't yeah. care about helping them facilitate. They don't want them to do better. No, they, they don't. They want them to suffer because yeah. they've been because part of the way that they justify their own privilege is to determine that those are bad people. And if they're bad people, they're not going to reform. They deserve to be bad people forever. Morrison has said two other really shocking things about this. Well, not really shocking because it's Scott Morrison. Um, the reason we're making this decision now is because it was beginning to impact on the RFS's efforts to fight fires. <laughs> it was beginning to impact on my popularity ratings. This isn't about paying volunteers. That's a different issue. This, What this is about is resourcing a firefighting effort. Okay, so... <laughs> 
I, because you've got um, dickheads like Peter Credlin, and, and this really should be a, a thing that hangs around her neck. Um, but I'm not, I don't have any direct quotes because this is Credlin in the Daily Telegraph, and I'm not going to pay money to Murdoch to actually read yep. a Daily Telegraph article. But um, the headline of it is, uh, is paying volunteer firefighters worth the long-term price? Um, and it's an article basically uh, with objecting to the idea that, well, first of all, it's ignoring the fact that, that the volunteer firefighters have previously been paid. Um, Howard paid them uh, about half what the, what the amount is now, but back when there were bushfires, like, mm. what, 15 years ago? Well, that would have been during Black Saturday and stuff, wouldn't it? No, Black that... Saturday was under Gillard, so I've seen all of that. Um, but, yeah, it's like that has happened and it didn't lead to paying volunteers. But, again, what like one step beyond that, why are we relying on volunteers? This is also that volu- this is this thing of you know in America where you have people being crowdsourced these good news stories about somebody crowdsourced some basic medical care. Exactly, like that's a whole that's a thing that government should yeah. be doing. It's I had can- I needed cancer treatment and my community came together and gave it to me. My child the government needed- was going to let me yeah. die from a from where treatment was available. Yeah, exactly. Like, and this idea that we that we have to rely on. Okay, so. The theory is that we need the volunteer firefighters. The reason why we have that for the the country, although again, that's also bonkers. Like here in Melbourne, the country, the country fire authority. So the Melbourne fire brigade only goes up to what uh, Croydon. Croydon, I think. Yeah. After which, so this is massively built up Melbourne from Croydon yeah. out. That's considered the country fire authority. Yep. What? Anyway, that that is one hundred percent. It should be professional firefighters. Yes. Paid professional firefighters, but in the more spread out rural areas i can understand the argument that you there's not necessarily enough for them to do the whole year round that you can pay them as full-time firefighters you need to have people on reserve then why not have a reservist policy exactly. like the defense force does where what? they're paid when they're called up exactly why is that not how we do it why yeah. like that is what I, and that way the employer doesn't have to pay leave um because it's automatically paid through the, the employer just has to give them leave you know and so yeah. they're required why to give leave in the same an emergency as- and and that they go fight the fire and they get the money from the government and there's no issue. As opposed to all the people who are like, oh, okay, now you should send the army out. But the army's not trained for this. It's no. Not, that's a, you could have, they're, they're two different things. Two different, it's, it's like the idea of, you know, there's there's a lot of fire. Send the ambos out. Send them, like, no. We well, have so different people also, trained for different tasks. The problem is there aren't actually enough ambos already as it is and then you'd be taking away an essential service from other people who needed them also that they are trained for specific tasks so my point is that like the the task of being a defense reserve is fundamentally different from the task of being you know a firefighting reserve and some people in the defense reserve are probably also volunteer firefighters and are probably also trained is it but you're right as a whole it's not (laughs) part of basic training (laughs) but no what i'm saying as i'm agreeing with you what i'm saying to you is it's not part of basic training there's not a you know firefighting month whereas we 100 could have volunteer firefighters spread throughout the country on the same model mm. ready to go and are paid and and again the fundamental the, the this idea and you only have it from the rich talking talking down to the poor being like you shouldn't need money well fine give up some of yours you pay more tax you bastards yeah. they won't <laughs> no, no, that, that, those, that huge amount of money you have it's it's corrupting you. Wouldn't you feel happier if you gave more of it no. in taxes to provide public no. services? No, it's mine. Mine, damn it. But the, then the poor people are supposed to be like, no, that's fine. I'll just become homeless to fight these fires. Exactly, exactly. The final thing that Morrison said was that it was very important in any disaster situation that you don't run the government by Twitter, that you don't set up programs by Facebook. Yeah, that was such in, a weird... Because he was responding to how long it had taken for him to actually set this program up. 
Yeah, and it's just like this weird, nobody mentioned Facebook or Twitter. It's like... But he makes it the social media thing. And it's funny because the boomers actually, and the people who read that media then buy into it. And they do, because uh, we had it spouted back at us by people, um, they do believe that, oh, it's just, it's, it's just on social media that people are upset about it. Though that being said, on Twitter, I saw people railing against the fact that climate change could be real when Channel 10 or 10 Daily something put an article about the Boxing Day test possibly having to move due to climate change and the heat that happens. And... Um, the response was things like, oh, I bet this is Scott Morrison's fault because he went on holiday. Oh, don't tell me you're buying into this climate change bollocks. The Bureau of Meteorology is changing the changing the temperatures and all of those lines that we keep hearing. Well, let, let me drop in and uh, hear some audio of, of somebody <laughs> trying to play Because, OK, if you're if you're the if you're desperate for there to be no action on climate change because you're a comfortable boomer. You, uh, you know, you're old enough that, that before it goes completely pear shaped, you'll probably have shuffled off the coil anyway, so it doesn't affect you. That's just to do with your comforts now. Uh, and you know, you long since paid off your home back because you bought it back when they were affordable. Yeah, you know, so your only housing costs are what rates. Mm. Um, you've got an energy efficient home because you've been able to add insulation and do stuff with it, whereas opposed to living in a shitty rental property, um, you have energy efficient cooling because you can put in proper energy efficient cooling rather than something you just have to hang out the window uh you've probably got public subsidized solar panels on your so basically you can sit in your nice air-conditioned house it'll keep a lovely temperature you are totally secure you probably hell you, you may even be able to have some big batteries that, are, that insulate you from the grid if there's a, power, mm. a, a blackout um, so you're perfectly comfortable you may have, have a pool um you basically uh, are insulated from the effects um as opposed to you know everybody else who's stuck paying increasing rents on shitty poorly insulated houses with, with like 1970s air conditioners that cost a fortune to run, but it's better than nothing. You're unable to put something in. Yeah. Um, uh, no, basically, so well, the it's... people who are unwilling to make any changes are the same people who will believe shit like, they'll, they're like, any kind of attack on Morrison, they will reflexively be like, oh, no, he deserves a holiday. Any kind of fact that's put to them like, yeah, last week we had the two hottest days ever recorded in Australia. Well, no, we? that's not true because the Bureau of Meteorology changed those temperatures from the 1800s where it was in the 50s. <laughs> like, oh, because those were better, more accurate. Like, the idea that somebody's response to that is, no, no, I'm sure that 100 years before I was born, there was definitely a higher temperature. <laughs> what? Mm. Like, okay, if we don't count those earlier ones, it's still the highest temperature ever recorded. It's certainly the highest temperature ever recorded in your lifetime. Yes. Two in one week, and that's fine. That's fine. There's nothing wrong. No, no, the, it's a bureau conspiracy. But the same people who are like that, who don't want there to be any change, and it's pretty obvious that the climate is changing from facts like that, and they don't want to do anything about it, so they have to find someone to blame for the bushfires. So who do they blame? They come up with bullshit conspiracy theories like the Greens block backburning, like this idiot. Also, warning, very strong language content warning for this, so maybe cover the little his ears for about 15 seconds. Hey, Facebookers, I'm here at King Creek. Fucking look at this. These fucking greenies and the government and these fucking wombats who don't want to burn shit off. You cunts want your fucking heads kicking in. Look at this. We're going to lose all our fucking houses and properties because of you useless pieces of fucking garbage will not burn off when it's supposed to through the winter time like we used to do years ago out in the fucking farms up in the mountains burn all the undergrowth off so everything was safe but you pricks you want to fucking have a really good look at this you fucking wombats look at the fucking state you've caused here you are the biggest bunch of useless loser fucking pieces of garbage god ever had the misfortune to blow fucking breathing things
you useless greenies and you're not doing your backburning during winter and we're going to lose our houses because of that. Even though that's totally not true and the greenies support backburning and they and this is a total fiction that idiots and believe like on Facebook. And like the ex-RFS chiefs have, chiefs have come out and said that that's not the issue. The issue is the seasons for backburning are getting shorter and shorter, that they don't have the resources to do the backburning. Gladys cut, what, $70 million out of the firefight RFS so that where they could have been able to do it. Like, who's going to do this burning if they sack all the people who do are doing it? So in the same sense that what we just saw, Scummo immediately reflexively blaming Twitter and Facebook means it's kind of reassuring that there's an opposition that he has noticed. It's disappointing that the only opposition appears to be Facebook and Twitter rather than, mm. I don't know, some kind of a organised political opposition. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, I know the Greens are, but, the, but they are suppressed by, like, we don't They don't get, get a lot them. of media attention. No. Uh, but, yeah, the, the idea that any media are out there actually calling him to account when he's spitting this bullshit. And so he ha- he doesn't even have to be like, you know, I'm not going to have it led by The Guardian or the ABC. No, they don't, they're, on, they're on board enough now that he's just like, nah, I don't have to be mm. led by Twitter or Facebook, social media. But the problem is that those platforms, whilst they are a way that people who, who have a, a progressive mindset share information and that's how we find yeah. out what's going on in that sense, there are also platforms that very much diverge people into their own little like-minded groups. Yeah. And so the stuff that we're reading is not being read by the people like that bloke and his Facebook friends and, and the people who are absorbing what he's seeing on Facebook and what they're getting from people like Alan Jones and the Murdoch Press and stuff, they are getting fed absolute bullshit and believing it. And they yeah. are believing it because they've always hated greenies and they've always loved conservatives and hated government. And I'll yeah. just ignore for a second that uh, pretty sure that it's the Liberal National Party's in power in both New South Wales and federally. Yes. So when he's whinging about the government and sticking it to the government... And even for most councils, it's also... Like, very few councils have green majorities as well. Yeah, certainly not where, where he is. Yeah. Um, and yet they are willing to believe something so absurd that they don't bother looking up to see whether there's any basis for it. They'll no. just accept it. I heard somewhere, and somebody coming to that was like, oh, look, they, they, I, I, it was in the papers years ago, and they were talking about how the Greenies are blocking all the backburn. Like, you're basing this on some half-remembered bullshit from some Murdoch tabloid, what, 10 years ago, and you're like, taking from that that this is a real thing when there's... Like, there have been inquiries into it. It's a bullshit, yeah. It was a bullshit meme then. It's a bullshit meme now. It's not true. If, you, if you're querying what the Greens' policy is, look on it's their bloody website. And like they've come out and said that. They've come out with it. Like, that's not our policy. Our policy does support backburn, control backburning. Our policy is here. So it's really disappointing. Like, I would have thought that there is a point at which, the, you know, the, the, as the water boils the frog, the frog looks up and goes, oh, shit, I've got to do something about that. Yeah. But I'm now wondering what it takes for those people to click because... Every single piece of evidence that comes up and show, should show them, shit, this is a disaster, we really do need to change course on how we're approaching this, they find some other bullshit excuse around. Like, the, the, it's arson that's causing the bushfires. The, the, arson somehow caused the two hottest days of it. No, it's not really. The Bureau is a conspiracy. It's not. <laughs> there, there may have been hotter ones before we were recording them. Like, and even the ones who do admit that climate change is happening still don't want the government in their lives. Still even, don't think if, a tax could fix it. Even those people who are, like, from the government and were recently Deputy Prime Minister, like this idiot. Well, you probably wonder what uh, politicians do on uh, Christmas Eve. Well, it, when it's drought, big cattle. Now, you don't have to convince me that the climate's not changing. It is changing. And my problem's always been whether you believe a new tax is going to change it back. I just don't want the government anymore in my life. I'm sick of the government being in my life. 
You know, and the other thing is I think we've got to acknowledge is, you know, there's a higher authority that's beyond our comprehension and right up there in the sky. Unless we understand uh, that that's got to be respected, then we're just fools and we're going to get nailed. We're talking of fools who do a lot of nailing. Um, wow, right up there in the sky. Yeah, just above that cloud over there. Like, but, I, mean, I mean, getting a bit warm and toasty now, but... The other thing is, I feel like he's missing the point. The tax... Not that we're saying a tax is going to fix things. A tax isn't going to change the climate back. However, making it harder for people to emit carbon and pollute will price. actually slow the pollution, which will slow the effects. We're not ever going to change it back. No, no, we're screwed now. We're locked in on like two degrees. The question is, can we stop it going to four or more? Yeah. Like, but again, it's all about misrepresenting it. Like, it's not about, it wasn't about a tax. The carbon price was about putting a pricing mechanism because otherwise hmm. it's this bullshit that conservatives are like, um, that, that other people want things for free and that we shouldn't have to pay, you know, people shouldn't have healthcare for free and people, and, and we shouldn't have to pay to the, the common good and stuff, but they're always ripping off stuff for free. Like corporations rely very heavily on the difference between what your labor's worth and what they can yes. sell the for, that, that profit, that's where the profit comes from. But in the case of carbon pollution, that has an effect on everybody else. But they don't pay for it. Yep. There's no cost to them. And the only way that you have a disincentive for people producing carbon pollution is putting a price on it. That's the only uh, the only other way of doing it would be to enact an actual tax. Like, there was, but, the, but, the, but the carbon price wasn't a tax. No. There was a difference. If it was a tax, it would have just been flat out the government's taking money every time you do this. Whereas the other one was a price yes. that was designed to push. It was the it was the conservative approach. It was the market approach. The market approach that bloody Howard agreed with originally. Well, exactly. However. That's different now. Yeah, because they, they, that mob have screwed things around so much now that we're paying a fortune for electricity prices. And, and then they turn around and they can, no matter how much they cock things up, they manage to somehow blame the people who've been fighting against the things that they're doing that have cocked things up. Well, pretty much. It's, you know, if we just had more coal factories, everything would be fine and peachy keen and, and we'd all be able to run our air conditioning 24-7 and there wouldn't be any issues ever. How good is the, oh, and just blow, like the idea that there's a feedback loop yeah. is beyond them. So the idea that once we melt the, the permafrost, once the ice is gone, first of all, ice reflects sunlight back into space. Mm. So the, the less of that there is, the more heat is trapped here. So that, yep. there's a feedback loop. Once you thaw the permafrost, like there's a huge heat sink of carbon that then comes out from that. Yes. We can't put that back in the bottle. And well, this is all terrifying. The more that we run our air conditioners because we're dealing with the hot weather. Yes. Uh, because we don't haven't bothered putting making our energy sources renewable, we're keeping on burning coal. The more we run our air conditioners to deal with the heat, the more we're making it that happen. Yeah. Like brilliant, like feedback loop where it gets worse and worse and worse and skyrockets, and we only have a short period of time to fix it. And anyway, I'm I'm hoping that against hope that we somehow find a way of, of turning it for the sake of our children. But anyway, exactly because the I really don't like the idea of, of leaving the Mad Max future to my wonderful children. So speaking of children, I guess well, that's probably a reasonable segue. So, so the, yes, the, the bonkers idea that 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 generation have that they don't care and they're just going to leave us to burn and that this all stuff happening now you would think would change their minds and it's not so i don't know what the tipping point is now it, it does feel like they have forgotten the concept of the social contract that they have forgotten the concept of just because it doesn't impact us immediately doesn't mean that it doesn't affect other people and we shouldn't care about them yeah and it's not like they benefited from the people before them not screwing it up like what yeah well or like like this um situation so well, the last, last thing we'll talk about today is this Bizarre situation. So Erin Riley, uh, former host of the podcast. In fact, Erin was on the very first episode of the She podcast. was. So Erin tweeted something to the effect that she 
had been to a service station in, in Ryde or North Ryde or somewhere in, in, in out of Sydney and her three-year-old toddler had needed to pee and uh, the servo owner basically said, no, you can't use a toilet unless you, you buy something. Uh, also, we have a $10 yeah, yeah, plus so, minimum. So you better have cash there or else anything else. And the, uh, this is with a three-year-old busting. So yes. like, and came out and took <clears throat> photos of her car when she basically said, no, we're going to use it anyway. Yeah. And now this has unleashed all of the same boomer energy. And when I say boomer, I'm, I'm sure there are some good people listening to this podcast who are from the boomer, eight, you know, the time period where they were born. But they're not the boomer mentality. The boomer, no. mentality, and I'm sure there are some Gen Xers like the Prime Minister who have the boomer mentality. Yes. Like it's a mentality. It's hashtag not all boomers. Don't have me. I'm not talking about you if you're. You know there are plenty of boomers like uh, older women, for example, who are the fastest growing uh, group poor of, population of and people. Exactly. Yeah. So there are people who have missed out on this, but the people who are the the dickheads who have all the power and privilege and, and don't give a damn and are driving us down this path that is a big cohort of people who are and people who are responding to this who are also not in that though, though we say boomers we're also younger it's a mindset and, yeah it's a mindset like, the people from the IPA are boomers even if they're in there, even if they're gen even if they're millennials basically yes yeah. um, so there's a huge thing like the dickheads from the IPA coming out and being and like going to the server and being like look I, I, I here I am with my Red Bull that I paid and I went like specifically I'm tweeting about how I drove across town to, to pee in this place I peed at this service station exactly I went and bought a <clears> thing <throat> there the idea that, that that anyone should ever turn someone away from a, hum, uh, a public toilet facility um, which uh, even though it's a private business it's a public it's not like somebody's home they're not going into a home it's a public people anyone can walk into the server yes when i was pregnant i was we were sick and we were driving home i was sick and we were driving home and we pulled over at a service station that didn't have a toilet public at all for it to be used by a paying customer or a non-paying customer yet the guy let me through the back storeroom to go use the bathroom without us buying anything because i was Needed because to go you to the are a human being. and I'm human and I was you know and like yes you're standing there and you're pregnant and you have all these things sort of going for you but in that same way he was just like why oh, wouldn't of you of course of course you can use my bathroom just like, well, I'm just trying to understand the mindset of somebody who's like no do it somewhere else like yeah. cool I'll just piss against your wall then shall I but frankly the social contract the reason why we don't you know urinate and defecate in the street is because there are toilet facilities. Mm. So if you deny people toilet facilities, then they bloody well should urinate and defecate against your business. Yes. To hell with you. Like, if that is your attitude, it's, and it's not like the business owner. Can you imagine that the business owner has somehow gone through his life and will continue to go through his life never using a toilet that he hasn't paid cash for? Yes. Probably Bull not. shit. You exactly. have used other people's toilets in your life. Pay it for dickhead. I hated in the UK, especially in London, that when you want, went to use the public, quote-unquote, public toilets in the underground or the train stations, you had to put a $2 coin in. Yeah, so if you're a poor person who doesn't have cash, what? Oh, you just don't we'll, have We'll just cash arrest you for peeing you. in the bushes. Or you just don't have cash on you. The number of times I'd have, like, sort of, say, even, like, a five-pound note and I wouldn't have two quid on me, I'd be like... Okay, and I'm 100% sure that the people who are tweeting back at Erin saying you should always have cash with you, those people are boomers. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they are from the demographic of boomers. But, uh, but about how many of them don't have cash on them? Like, yeah. Well, I mean. So, yeah. And like the people tweeting back parenting advice or calling her a bad parent are making the attacks very personal. Oh, because there's, there's the other element of even if, even if it wasn't just complete. I, I'm starting from the premise of it's completely wrong to stop a human being, regardless of their age, yeah. from using a toilet. 
But the idea that the service was like doing that to a three-year-old. Well, and that's the thing. Like this, this was a public toilet for public use on the outside wall of the servo. This wasn't in his storeroom. It wasn't in his back room. It wasn't going to his home to use it. Like, yeah, no, it's just horrifying. But Mm. but what it reveals, the the reason why I consider it relevant for a political podcast is that it immediately had this pushback of this. Well, the, the the people who are like, if you want to use a public resource. You're entitled. Even though, just let's be really clear here, um, access to toilets and sanitation is a human right. Yes. Like, it is a, defined as a human right. Um, oh. and, the, and all these people who are like, who so drunk the far-right economic Kool-Aid that if you don't have money, well, you can't, what, perform? You just sit there like Taiko Brahi and just sort of, like, hold it in until you explode and die horribly with your ridiculous <laughs> silver <laughs> nose or whatever you <laughs> think. <laughs> that is true. But it, it goes back to the idea of the social contract, isn't it? It goes back to the idea of um, people who are entitled and think that they hold the power and they don't have to give anything back, that you don't have to give kindness or basic decency to people, that they have a right to be cruel. Yeah. I mean, does this... It's so... This guy does not live in a, a gated compound, I'm willing to bet. I bet I bet that at various points in his life he relies on the kindness of strangers. Mm. And the idea that, anyway, the, the idea that he can't see... But the, the, how, how that... If, if people did to him what he's doing to them, yeah. might, it would be horrifying. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, frankly, I, I, I will be horrified if that uh, servo doesn't just generally... isn't just generally covered with filth from now on. Yeah. Um, from people who have, like, gone into... You know, I, I think that you, I think that the thing where you're not supposed to do that outside people's houses and businesses is based on the premise that there are facilities available, and if they're yes. not, you're a human being, you have a human body. Yep. If, if you know, I, I, I feel like he's broken the social contract enough that the social contract is, should be broken in the other direction. Pretty much. Um, yeah. No. And again, that's that's the world we live in. That that mindset that people genuinely think that it's okay to stop people from. <laughs> from a, from using, using a, a toilet. public facility, yeah. If they don't have cash on them, oh, I'm sorry, you can just yeah, just buy ten dollars something for that pass. I don't have any money with me. I don't have my card. I just need to use the loo. Mm. Oh well. And I love the idea too that you have to do it before you use the toilet. Like yeah, while while a three year old's there, he deserved to have a puddle on his floor. Pretty much, yes. Unbelievable. Anyway, that's Australia. So look, if you have any ideas for how to get through to the boomers, because. I'm. I thought that that you know the two hottest days ever recorded in Australia might be a hint that maybe maybe. Hey, look, you know how you guys are always like, it was fine when I was young. I, I turned out fine. Well, I'm not sure you yeah. did, but okay. Um, but if you know the whole thing of like, you know, no, we've always had this. When the figures come back and say, no, this is a thing that you have literally. They then find another way to explain it away. You have literally never experienced this in your life. Even if your theory is right and it was somehow hotter in the 1800s. Yes. Not that you can demonstrate that because, again, the problem is that the recording, like, you weren't there, you don't, it's not like the recording equipment was more accurate in the 1800s. And I feel like the Bureau of Meteorology is better at assessing whether it was accurate or not than you are. But anyway, it's certainly the case that you have literally in your life never experienced, tem- uh, you know, those, t- that, those, those temperatures like that. Because, yeah. Because it is, n- unless you are now de- going to claim that the Bureau is flat out lying about the figures that they record now, or they did throughout your life, and that has always been some kind of conspiracy. Mm. Then you have to concede. You've never experienced this. You've been alive X many years. You don't have to concede anything. You don't have to concede anything. <coughs> you have to find a new way to justify the thing that you believe. Uh, Australia can't do anything. 
I mean, oh, somebody somebody tweeted that they that they had a relative at Christmas say that to them, but the person was a World War One buff, and they're like, and they're like, no, Australia can't do anything. We're a very small country. Nothing mm. we do makes any difference. And so the person was back at this World War One buff, but uh, buff was like, um, we'll tell that to the people from Villas Bretonneux. Yeah. Australia does. We're more than happy to take credit for things that Australia does when we when we punch above our right. Well. We're punching above our weight now, but just in a bad way. Yeah. Making things worse. So we aren't going to take credit for that. So, send your ideas for how to change Brimmer's minds to, well, at, well, may we say, on Twitter. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Denise, for coming back. Thank you to uh, Patreon subscribers for keeping supporting the podcast. Thank you to our new Patreon subscribers. I feel like, actually, at this point, I should probably give an actual shout-out to all the people who are currently subscribing. Well, maybe we could do that for the first one in the new year. Mate, I think I'll do that, then. I'll do that. So if, if you're feeling like supporting the podcast to help it keep going, in the new year I will do, I'll, I'll do give a shout-out specifically by name to all the people who are currently supporting us. And I will also give a shout-out to people who have supported us yes, as well. Yes, up until because, this point. Because I didn't give them a shout-out when they were supporting us. So the people who've had tough financial times who, who are currently not able to support us, I'm still very grateful for everything they did when they were. So thank you to all of you for supporting us. That's how the podcast keeps going. Thank you to all of the lovely people who have been guest hosts this year. Uh, we have really loved having you on the show. Thank you to everybody who's given us a positive review on the iTunes. And thank you to Robin Gray for the music and Alex Lum for the artwork. Thank you, darling, for coming back on. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And we'll see you all in the new year. See you then. Bye. Bye.